Hey, you're listening to the Encounter Church podcast. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit us at ecdenver.org, or you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you for listening. I'm doing a series called Journeys with Jesus, and I love this series because it's really interesting to think about Jesus' life, um, what he did, how he lived, where he lived, and and what what the heck was going on with him. And so um, as we think about walking journeys with Jesus, I kind of already gave the punchline away, we're going to look today specifically at walking. Because if you think about it, how did Jesus travel in his life? He walked. How do we travel (laughs) in our modern world? How do we get from point A to point, point B? How do you go? Car, plane, trains, automobiles, John Candy, right? Pogo sticks, Uh, You have like little scooters. Have you seen those little scooters that you can just hop on? Bikes, helicopters, ships. Swinging on the vine if you're Tarzan. Oh, not quite. But, you know, you think about traveling and, and what Jesus did in his day. There just wasn't a lot of options on transportation, on travel. Mostly what he did was he walked. He might have walked on or uh, ridden on a donkey. We know he did a little bit of that. We know he was in a boat, right? So he sailed some. But the fundamental method of transportation for him was walking. And I'm bringing it to your attention because I think walking is something very kind of basic. And for many of us in the room, we can walk. Some are impaired. Some are in wheelchairs and can't necessarily like walk. But walking is something that's, that's very, very elementary. Um, and sometimes I think we take it for granted or we assume uh, and, and we don't really appreciate what it means in terms of walking. I know for me during COVID, taking a walk every day was kind of like my saving grace. I had the short route, the medium route, and the long route. And then if I wanted to mix it up, I'd go backwards, you know, like instead of left, then I'd turn right. But it was very, very helpful to me. And, and walking was, and still to this day, I think reset it a couple months, a week or so ago or whenever, 30 minutes walking every day is the best form of exercise you can do? Best bang for the buck. Take a 30-minute walk. Right? I'm like, and you're like, well, you know, walking is kind of seems boring, dull, et cetera, et cetera. But I want to talk today about Jesus walking, walking with Jesus, and what his life looked like. So up here on the screen, you're going to see here in just a second, there's a map. This map shows where all the places that Jesus walked, which is really pretty interesting if you think about it, because obviously this is Israel back in the day, Jesus' time. All the red lines are places, are the route, in essence, that he walked. And so up here is the Sea of Galilee, and we know, um, tell me, where is the place he was born? Starts with a B. Bethlehem, good answer. Bethlehem is down here. You can see it. And after he was born there, his dad had a dream, and he popped over. They took Jesus over to where? Starts with an E, Egypt, right? So we have him walking down here. You can see off the map. Then he comes back, and he settles in a town up here called, starts with an N, Nazareth, good answer. Um, Hangs out there for a little while. And this town gets a little bit too comfortable, familiar with Jesus, and can't really accept him for anything other than the carpenter's son or whatever. So he leaves, and he basically makes his headquarters somewhat 
in the loose sense of the word, at Capernaum. Up here is the Sea of Galilee, and he transverse, went across this several times. Here's Cana, where he did the water into wine, first miracle. Over here is Gadara. That's where he cast out demons from that demon-possessed guy. Here, this blue line right here is the Jordan River. We know that he was baptized, so clearly he popped in there. And before he started his ministry, he came down here to the Judean wilderness and hung out there for 40 days, 40 nights. Here is Jerusalem. You'll see right there, he came there a couple of times. Went to Bethany, that's where he raised Lazarus from the dead. So in all of this, that's a boatload of walking. And uh, theologians, historians tell us, he walked at least around 3,500 miles. That's a heap of walking. And I bring it to your attention because I don't think we appreciate what, what, oh my goodness, that's a whole lot. And what all does that mean? And one of the things I want to point out to you, and it's going to lead into the, the first point of the sermon. And today we're talking about um, four reasons Jesus walked. Four reasons Jesus walked. But the first thing I want to point out to you, if you look at this map and you look at all the red, do you see any rhyme or reason to it? Does it look like it's planned, structured? Does it look like, you know, like a straight line or he did this? Does it look like he had like this plotted out, you know, here, 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 one, two, three? Does it look like there was rhyme or reason to it? Not really. It looks fairly random. How many of you agree it looks pretty random? And my point on that is, and this is the first reason Jesus walked. People for Jesus were more important than destination. Now, you're like, okay, who cares? But I think that's extremely relevant for us today. Because in our modern world, I, for myself, maybe you might agree, some days, but I tend to go from point A to point B, the quickest way, the fastest way, because I'm on a mission to get someplace. And I don't want to be side, sidebar distracted. I don't want to have any kind of interruptions. I'm just on a mission. Anybody relate to that? And so consequently, I can skip over the people. And sometimes they get in my way. <laughs> and I get cranky with them. But Jesus was very attentive and very purposeful. One of the reasons he came, one of the reasons he walked, was because people. People were his core priority more than destinations. So in thinking about this, uh, a great example is in John 4, verse 4. And in this verse, we read about Jesus going to Samaria. And Samaria, we know, nobody, the Jews were like hated Samaritans and it wasn't a, there was no love lost there. But in John 4, verse 4, it says Jesus had to go to Samaria. He had a divine appointment with a Samaritan woman at the well and in talking with her and she would be the least likely person and he went out of his way to go into Samaria to sit down on this next to this well and talk to this woman because again people to Jesus were more important than destinations and when he talked with her had an amazing conversation. He revealed all of her dark skeletons in the closet. 
And then she's like, woo, I can tell you're, you know, like maybe the Messiah. He's like, I am. I am the Messiah. She goes back to her village, Sychar, and tells everybody. They all pop out to check out this dude who tells her everything she ever did. And the whole town is like, oh, my gosh. Jesus stays there for four days. And at the end of the four days, the whole town says to the woman that introduced Jesus, hey, we thought what you had to say was amazing, but now we believe for ourselves that Jesus is truly the Messiah. I mean, he went to Sychar, a remote Samaritan city for people. And I think that's really important for us because when we walk, and these are some shoes that I have. I, I uh, had a pair of shoes. I was going to bring them, but I couldn't really find them. I had a pair of shoes that I got when I was about 19. And literally, I walked thousands of miles in those shoes. These are pretty, look like they are weather-worn. They are. Um, but when we walk, and sometimes we might get a little beat up. We might be worn for the journey. But as we walk, like with Jesus, let's keep people as a central priority and not just the destination. The second reason why did Jesus walk Second reason is because he walked to demonstrate his purpose. He came, you, if you read John 10, 10, it says, A thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. He walked to demonstrate purpose, his purpose. So as he's walking, and this is an interesting story, or interesting illustration of this, in Luke 19, verses 3 to 6, he's walking along, and he sees Zacchaeus, the wee little man, the wee little man was he, he climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Anybody remember that? Yeah, we would sing it in, I'm not singing it, because I want you to not leave. <laughs> but he saw Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Nobody liked Zacchaeus. He was a traitor. They hated his guts. He had small man complex, little man. I mean, you thought Napoleon was bad. This guy was worse. He was all horrible. And Jesus saw him. And Jesus' purpose wasn't to ostracize, exclude, prioritize. Ooh, you're doing a great job, so I'm going to hang out with you. Jesus, in essence, outed Zacchaeus. <laughs> hey, I'm so glad to see you, Zacchaeus. Guess what? I'm going to have lunch at your house today. My purpose is to embrace, to include, to welcome, to integrate people. My purpose is to give life and life more abundantly. And Zacchaeus, I mean, he was kind of <laughs> shell-shocked. Okay. You're going to come to my house and I'm going to feed you lunch today? Wow. Of all the people that Jesus could have said that to, he picked Zacchaeus. Again, purpose. Again, more purpose. When you read uh, another great example is in Luke 7, verses 36 to 39. Simon the Pharisee had Jesus come for dinner. And while Jesus is sitting at dinner, a sinful woman comes, washes Jesus' feet with her tears, dries them with her hair, and kisses them, and breaks open the alabaster box to perfume his feet. And Simon, the Pharisee, is incensed, revolted, repelled, because of this sinful woman. 
But Jesus tells Simon, why are you so cranky with this woman? Look at the extravagant outpouring of her love. She's been forgiven much, so she loves much. You, Simon, have been forgiven, and you love, you've been forgiven little, and you love little. Again, purpose. Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost, to redeem, to reconcile, to repair, to make whole, to save, to be the Messiah. He demonstrates his purpose by walking and walking all the places that he went. Another reason that Jesus walked, I really like this one, is for connection. He walked for connection specifically with people. In John 6, verses 66 to 69, it says that there was a, a, a lot of his disciples had been listening to Jesus. They didn't understand what he said in verse 66, so they left. They were cranky, offended with Jesus. And Jesus turns to the 12, and he says, are you going to leave as well? And Peter says to him, Lord, who should we go to? You alone have the words of life. How did, how did Peter know that? Because he had been walking with Jesus. And walking with Jesus creates connection, relationship, fellowship with Jesus. And when I talk about walking and us thinking about walking in our lives, I want us to think about our daily existence, walking, whatever it is. You're like, well, I'm not walking to the store, I'm driving to the store, or I'm going here, I'm doing this, but it's our daily existence. And the daily existence that we have with Jesus gives us opportunity to know him more and better. Knowing Jesus doesn't only happen in church, in fact, the reality is, in my opinion, I know Jesus far better and more integrated, more intimately in my daily ups and downs than hanging out on a Sunday morning. I love church. It's great. And it's fantastic to be together. But my daily walking with Jesus, that means when I get up, that means when I'm making my coffee in the morning, means when I don't feel good, means when I had a bad night of sleep, means that I'm cooking, means that I have peaches, Palisade peaches, hello, right? Thank you, Jesus, for Palisade peaches. If you don't know, we can talk about that later. Welcome to Colorado, one of the best kept things here. But just thinking about Jesus in our daily living and thinking about the ways that we can know him. There are times and seasons and experiences that I've been through and I've walked with Jesus and because of those things, I know him better than I did before. Some of the things I've gone through, I don't like. <laughs> they have not been pleasant. And I've, I've been cranky with Jesus. Trust me, he gets an earful from me from time to time. And it's not just with pleasant words and, you know, politically correct. <laughs> I'm pretty raw and unzipped with Jesus. But I'm telling you that as I walk with him, regardless of where I walk, whatever I go through, whatever's happening, whatever's going on in my life, as I walk with Jesus, I get to know him better and better and better. We used to sing this song, I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I remember we sang that. I was, I don't know, probably 10 or 12 years old the first time I heard that. Way back at how many buildings ago. I don't know. But it always rings true to me. The more I walk with him, the longer I walk with him, the deeper I'm in love with him, 
the more I know him. The more I know Jesus, the more I want to know Jesus. And that happens because of walking. And it's not some pie in the sky and, you know, pretty, pristine and very beautiful scenario. There's a lot of ugly that I, that I will walk with Jesus in and through various situations and locations. But walking with Jesus, and I would say this, today, I know Jesus better today than I did 10 years ago in 2013. If I think about 2013 and my walk with Jesus then compared to my walk with Jesus now, Oh my goodness, so much deeper, richer, fuller, more vibrant. Keep walking. Keep walking with Jesus because that's connection, relationship, intimacy. And then the final reason that Jesus walked was to embody the gospel. To embody. So we use this term incarnation. You thought it was like carnation, like evaporated milk. Not quite. This is incarnation. It means that God became flesh and walked among us. His name is Jesus. He is fully God as though he were not man and fully man as though he were not God. It is, he is God with us. We sing it today. Emmanuel. It's, it's a Hebrew word. Im meaning with. Ul meaning with you. God. God with you. Jesus. That's who Jesus is. And he came to embody the gospel Jesus is love in skin, <laughs> walking in human existence. And the reason he did this, this embodiment of the gospel is for people. I was looking at this, and Jesus embodied the gospel. He put himself as much as he possibly could among people. He was with people like boatloads. And, and when you think about it, he was a crowds of people. In the Gospels, the word crowd or crowds is used over 120 times. He was with people. If you're an introvert, you're like, oh my God, <laughs> I can't breathe. And if you're an extrovert, you're like, woohoo, this is fantastic, do it more. But Jesus, and it wasn't just that he kind of had like a, you know, a, a security cordon around him. People were squashing him left and right so that they could touch the hem of his garment and they might be healed. And when he says, who touched me? Peter's like, dude. The better question is who didn't touch you? Are you kidding me? Everybody's touching you. Stop touching. Sounds like when my kids were in the car, in the car when they were little. Stop touching me. Yep, anybody been there, done that? But that's Jesus. And he was with crowds. The only time you don't really see him with crowds is at the beginning of his ministry, uh, right before he started in the Judean wilderness. You don't see him with crowds as he's in the boat in Galilee, going back and forth across the sea. He's sleeping. That's kind of his recovery time. And from time to time, he goes up to pray by himself. Other than that, he is solid with people because he is to embody the gospel. He wants to get so many, as many people as he possibly can in his physically limited body touched with the gospel, the good news. God loves you. God wants you. God is redeeming you, integrating you. He is embodying the gospel. That's why, a fourth reason, why he walked among us. And so when we think about this and how does it relate to us, I'd say a couple things. Number one, 
Let's include Jesus on our journeys. Let's, and in the journey, our daily walk, our daily living, our daily existence, let's remember people. People even more than destination. So there was, a, a, I don't know, some years ago, I went to Bangladesh, my first time there. I was walking through one of the biggest brothels there. Um, we were doing, working on setting up night care uh, with Saving Moses. As I'm walking through that brothel, it's daytime, like, you know, I don't know, one in the afternoon or something. So it's not during work hours. And there's a girl and there's a, a whole group of us. And we're all from America. So we look nothing like Bangladesh people, like zero. We stand out like a sore thumb. And there's a, a lot of us. And so all these Bangladesh people are like turning their heads. And you can tell them, what? You know, what are they doing here? And I'm at the very end. I'm always straggling, kind of picking up the rear, because that's just kind of my style. And as I'm straggling, bringing up the rear, I see this girl, Bangladesh chick, and she's, you could t I could see on her that she was, was fragile. And it wasn't like she was physically disabled or anything. I could just tell she was, her heart was hurt. There was pain in her eyes. And so I stopped, I had a translator, and I said, asked the translator, I said, hey, who is this chick? You know, what's her name? And he starts talking to her, blah, 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 you know, and she's, and I said, what, you seem sad, what's going on? And I said, how old are you? And she said, well, I'm 14. And uh, I said, what, what's happening? You know, well, my family sold me here. They live several provinces away. They sold me here a few months ago. And I, and I, I just, I, I could feel on her and my heart started to break. And I, I thought in my head, I was like, well, can't you go home? No, can't go home. My family's, and then I'm like, well, I want to fix, and, and there's, and in my head, I'm trying to, how do I fix this? How do I help her? What do I do? And, and I was like, well, I can't buy her that, you know, like, I'm going to get in trouble with that, illegal, international laws. And, but I did feel this. I was like, you know, and so I just hugged her and I held her. And as I held her, she completely melted into my arms. I mean, she just unraveled and sobbed and wept and cried just and snuggled into me. And I just held her. I don't know how long. But as I held her, I sensed God pouring love into her. And I stood and held her and we waited. I don't know how long, how many, it was probably a couple of minutes. Because could, I could tell people around me were like, that's weird, that's uncomfortable, that's awkward. And I didn't care because I could feel God loving her. And it was a powerful experience in a brothel. Family, people are more important than destinations. And people, we may not like what they look like. We may not like what they smell like. There's a homeless dude that hangs out by the pickleball courts I play at. From time to time, you know, I'm like smelling, ooh, that's a skunk. Oh, no, that's not a skunk. He's weeding it. Okay. And there are times I don't, I, I'm cranky with him because he's high and he's yelling and he interrupts play and gets you distracted and we miss a point. <laughs> it's people. It's people. No matter what they look, smell like, talk like, 
And whether it's a homeless person, for some of us as a homeless, that, and they make us anxious, for some of us as a really wealthy people, that make, but it's just people. Strip off all the veneer, it's people. People are more important than destinations. And so as we walk with Jesus, let's include him. Let's include him when we're driving down the road. Some of the best conversations I have with Jesus are in my car. I figure he's sitting there, and he's a captive audience. He's going to get, <laughs> we're going to have some great conversation, discussion. Sometimes it's fantastic. Sometimes I'm like, hey, that was amazing. Thank you. I mean, I just bringing Jesus and recognizing Jesus is with me all the time. When I wake up, when I, Jesus is actually even in the bathroom. You're like, well, maybe, well, okay, fine. But bringing Jesus everywhere, recognizing Jesus is with me all the time. No matter where I'm at, I'm at Walmart, I'm grocery shopping, I'm taking a walk, I'm not, whatever, I'm studying, I'm on my computer, I'm working, if you're in school, you're in class, Jesus is with us all the time, taking him, acknowledging he is with us everywhere all the time. Number two, let's keep walking with Jesus, even when we don't understand what's happening. In John 6, 66, it says that several of the disciples left Jesus, several of his followers left him because they were angry, offended with what he said and didn't understand. There are seasons and times in your life you're not going to understand what Jesus is doing or not doing. There are times and seasons you will get angry, frustrated, um, super ticked off, like where are you? How come I don't feel you since you? I don't, can't find out. But keep walking. A lot of times when you look back, hindsight 2020, you'll be like, oh, that's what Jesus was doing. You may not see it now, but just because you can't see, feel what, doesn't mean leave Jesus, just keep walking. Because as you continue to walk with him, regardless of what you understand or you don't, you come to know him better and trust him more and you feed on the faithfulness of Jesus. The third thing I'd say as a takeaway um, let's watch for Jesus in our daily living. Watch. Jesus shows up. I remember I reading this quote from Mother Teresa, something to the effect like, I see Jesus on the, in the poor on the streets of Calcutta every day. It was interesting that Mother Teresa and Jesus, she took that from when Jesus said, when you do this to the least of these, you do this to me. I think we can find and experience Jesus and watch for Jesus in our daily living and have experiences and awarenesses with him that we never knew before. Whether it's walking as you take a walk, a stroll, and you, and you raise your awareness. You say, Jesus, help me recognize you. Help me feel you. Help me sense you. Let me be aware of you in this situation, in this context. Because as we ask to have greater awareness of Jesus, then our lives and our fellowship with him increase and grow and get deeper and richer and more fulfilling. So as we finish today, I'd like to ask you just to close your eyes and to bow your heads for a moment. And you think about this. I'd, I'd like to pray for everyone in the room, online as well. You'd like to have greater awareness of Jesus in your daily living if that's appealing you want that then just in your seat there I just ask you to turn your palms up kind of in receiving mode 
yeah, Sarah, I want to have more awareness of Jesus in my daily living. Just with your palms up, I'm going to pray for all of us. Thank you, Jesus, for coming and being human, coming into our existence and being present in the human form. Jesus, I pray for each of us in the room online. Our palms are up because we want to receive more awareness, more sensitivity, become more uh, able to recognize you. I thank you, Jesus, for helping each of us. Jesus, I know that some of us are very unique and, and we have specific difficulties or specific abilities of, of recognition. I pray for those of us who might have some hurts and some scars from the past that impede us knowing, recognizing you. Whatever those scars and pains from the past, or even now, if they're still plague us, I pray that you would heal those scars, remove the tissue that makes it difficult to recognize you. Help us to look past the pain. I pray, Jesus, that you would heal those things in us, those obstacles, those struggles. Heal that so we can recognize and feel, be aware of you better than we ever have before. I pray that this Labor Day, you would labor in our souls labor to help us recognize and be aware, sensitive and deeper connected with you, Jesus. Thank you for helping us with this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit ecdenver.org or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.